You're now tuned in to the Own Your Power radio show with holistic business coach and author Simone Kelly Brown. We'll help you transform your passion into the lifestyle you deserve. Identify your purpose and uncover your greatness. Live your life with vision and prosperity. Receive guidance from our experts who will help you improve your life personally and professionally. Tune into the shows that cover personal growth, health and wellness, and business development to emerge into a new you now. Anything you want, it's attainable. It's time to own your power. ready to own your power. I'm Coach Simone Kelly, holistic business coach and life coach with Own Your Power Communications. Our radio show and coaching programs are designed to help you live the life that you deserve. Make some noise, studio. All right. Uh, As always, I'm sitting next to my handsome Puerto Rican brother from the Bronx, Herman Dubois. What's good, y'all? What's going on, Herman? Chilling, chilling on the grind as usual. How you doing, Simone? I'm good. I'm good. Um... I just came back from Atlanta. I understand that. And how was the trip? It was good. I had a, made a lot of uh, reconnecting with a lot of friends. I, I didn't realize how many people I knew down there. That Everybody mm-hmm. from New Everywhere Jersey, from Atlanta. New York, yeah. Harlem, everywhere is in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to see some people, not everybody. So sorry to the folks I didn't see. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to like do a meet and greet next time. I go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can't even tell people you're in town because you're not going to be able to see everybody. And yeah. then they get upset and disappointed and you, you know, kind of lose some friends. Yeah, well, that's why I promote it and promote it on Facebook and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, but promoting it is, is it. Pro- yeah, but still promoting it is, is, is setting yourself up. <laughs> Unless it's business that, that you want he would have come out. Like, right. Got to go in on the stealth tip, right? No, but I'm. A, it's, it's impossible because people tag and because and you that. put your because you blast everything that you do. <laughs> it's not impossible. You blast it. That's if, why it's if impossible. I'm not bl- if I'm not blast, other people do. But my thing is what I, what works for me in New York because I have so many people in New York. I do a meet and greet. I say, hey, everybody, I'm going to be at this restaurant from seven to eleven. Right. At least you give people the opportunity. You snooze, to come you out. lose. Yeah. Hey, I can't see everybody. It's impossible. Right. But anyway, right. Shout out to Atlanta, my peeps. Uh, shout out to Sharice, who is actually um, an amazing. She's actually an amazing um, filmmaker, and she gave me a really good shout out for my upcoming book. So I'm excited about that. Nice. But um, how was your week? Weekend. Um, weekend was spent healing. Um, recovery mode. I, I had a lot of me time this weekend with uh, some Percocets because I, I had oral surgery on uh, Thursday. Oh, no. So I spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday just, um, you know, cuddle up my pillow. Not, and, running, and, not and running your trap? Trying not to <laughs> cry. <laughs> Try, trying not oh, to really? act like a baby. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so intense. It was intense. I'm, I'm still not eating. Uh, I can't eat solid food just yet, so I'm in tied a soup and oh my mashed goodness. potatoes and anything that doesn't really require chewing. So Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I'm glad you're, you're healing. Uh-huh. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, <laughs> I was like, he's like cutting up my pillow. <laughs> no Oreo cookies no more, huh? What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You meat? still eating them? No, I mean, I, I, they're there, but okay. I, have, I can't, I'm telling you, I can't bite down. I can't, that's a <laughs> you problem. have to put them in the blender. Yeah, just that, <laughs> he has an Oreo cookie fetish for those who don't know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we should have got them as a sponsor. Right, no, no. <laughs> we got to add that to the list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you're new to the family, we want to welcome you. Uh, we have thousands of listeners worldwide, and we just want to thank you for all your support. And if you want to learn more about what we do, uh, we have loads of lo- loads of services, memberships, and events. All you have to do is go to ownyourpowerlifestyle.com and find out more. Um, I have um, coaching programs, and we have um, a lot of events coming up. I'm really excited about that. Um, free events, networking, but also I'm doing a lot of traveling these days, so I'll be in New York, Maryland, Atlanta, a lot of different cities. So definitely stay join our mailing list if you're not already on it so you can learn more about it. And uh, tonight, uh, who do we have in the living room and what's going to be uh, our content of dialogue this evening? Tonight, I am super, super excited because um, the person that we have in the living room is actually a dear friend and also my writing coach, literary coach. She is freaking amazing. Her name is... Um, Claudette Freeman, and I mean, she's just, she knocks her socks off, so I'm just excited to have her. The topic is discover the writer in you. Okay. Right? Okay. So um, we're going to actually have her on the next segment, and we're going to have her, you know, kind of share exactly how can you become a writer, what are some things you need to do. There's so many people I know that want to write. I mean, they have this book inside of them. And you ever heard that expression, it's like, don't die with the music in you kind of thing? You ever heard of it? Some, some, some kind of, I'm some not like I'm quoting it kind of mm-hmm. bad, but you know. <laughs> But I feel that everybody, if they can or have the possibility, you know, even if you can get a ghostwriter, it's you, mm-hmm. we all have amazing stories to mm-hmm. share, whether mm-hmm. it's um, fiction or nonfiction. Uh, you know, I think writing is just a great for me. It's a, it's one of my favorite hobbies. It's a, it's an outlet for me. Um, I'm actually working on my third book, my second fiction book, and to me, it's it's a lot of fun, and I, it's it's good for me to use as a threat for people that you know. I'm, I'm saying you're going in the book. That's it. <laughs> so does that mean we get to get like a little a little sneak preview on maybe not you know details of the good stuff but at least some like the, the evolution of, of how you went the process you went through to, to, oh, to I, I, I don't mind sharing that yeah. you know, t- those testimonials okay, yeah good, yeah good, yeah good, good. you know Excellent. you're in it you know you're in it <laughs> don't let her fool you oh, no. but uh, no my first my first fiction book was called at second glance and um i i wrote it in my like a mid to mid to late mid to late 20s and um, I never forget, like everybody, every anybody, any guy I ever dated swore he was in the book. Oh, that's me. I know that's me. I'm like, whatever. Don't flatter yourself. You know. <laughs> but then I have an ex-boyfriend from high school, high school and college, and he was one of the characters was kind of based on him, and he knew it. I told him, but it's not a good character. I'm like, and he's like, I want my credit. I want, I want percentage. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know. Residuals. If you Give you me don't some. want to brag about being that guy. I don't think you. <laughs> But you know, I even even bad guys get residuals. I know, right? No, but no. So I didn't use his real name, so he's he's good. Um, But you know, it is a it is a lot of fun to um, to write. So we'll talk more about that when we get back, talking about the discovering the writer within you. Let's uh, take a break. Get your pen and pencils ready. uh, Take some notes. So those of you new school iPads will work, and uh, we'll be right back with a word from our sponsor. Hello everyone, I am Dr. Minka Brantley. I'm a psychologist from Miami, and I love being an expert on Own Your Power Radio. Hi, my name is Sekou of LembaHealingArts.com, and I am a member of the Give and Take Network. You're listening to Own Your Power Radio. This segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. 
Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaigns. Once again, it's Constant Contact, where you can connect, inform, and grow.
show is called Discover the Writer in You. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Y'all like what I do? Yeah. 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 I'm like five people in one. All right. So t- welcome to the show, Claudette Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, Claudette. Thank you. And as I understand, you have over 24 years of experience in radio. I did radio in South Florida for 24 years, split evenly between news talk radio and gospel. Get out of here. This is the first time I'm on your power, though? Yeah, very oh, first time. Yeah. I've been trying to get her down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now she's going to, we're actually going to do this as a two-parter. Okay, two-parter. So today. A sequel. So I was told. Yeah, mm. it's, because honestly, there's okay, so much information. <laughs> there's so much information mm. that she has in her head. Um, mm-hmm. We have to share it. And I think the first segment, the first part of the show, we're just going to talk more about you know, just understanding that you, if you are, if you do want to write a book, what are the steps, the major steps? And then part two would be publishing, because I think that 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 alone is a show. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get published, self-published versus, right. you know, mainstream publishing? So first, tell us about who you are. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, who am, as, who as, am I? Who yeah. am I? I am um, a Georgia girl. What are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can tell you that I'm a Georgia girl. I'm a Libra, October fifth. Okay. I do accept all gift cards. <laughs> To Bed Bath and Beyond, mm-hmm. Bath and Body Works. Oh God! In any store where I can buy journals and notebooks. Oh, I'm sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, beyond that, I, like you said, I did radio in South Florida for 24 years. I've written since. Well, now they call it middle school. Then it was junior high, um, which means I'm dating myself. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, I've written since middle school. I write plays. I write fiction. I write nonfiction. And is I've have a lifelong affair with love affair with words. And decided to kind of combine that with my radio experience from a producing and news writing perspective to help other people write what's inside of them. And how long have you been actually doing the literary coaching aspect of it? For eight years now. Okay. For eight years now. I left radio in 2007 and combined the two things and I've been doing it since then. Right. Okay. And so just was something that... Uh, a school teacher pointed out to you as a skill set or something you just discovered on your own? I'm always curious as to how people ended yeah, up in their in their career path. We actually had an assignment um, where we had to rewrite parts of Romeo and Juliet into contemporary English for the time. Oh, how cool is that? And, um, sure. and so the English teacher was um, very intrigued by what I wrote and decided to introduce me to the work of Zora Neale Hurston 
in James Baldwin because at the time, like most girls back then, we were reading um, romance Drew? novels. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm like Nancy Drew. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> So we were reading, you know, romance novels, but she introduced me to these two writers, and I was kind of blown away because that was the first time I'd, I'd read work by works by black authors. Mm-hmm. And so from there, it just kind of <clears throat> opened my eyes, and she realized that I had a um, gift, a pretty good talent and a mm-hmm. gift for for writing. Yeah. Is there, is there a at a young age was there a writer that you looked up to or you admired or or, or you know was there a style particularly that in, you got became more engaged with? I liked Zora Neale Hurston's style because she was just very true to the to the culture of people, mm-hmm. and being someone whose family's from a small town, I definitely understood that whole front porch storefront kind of mentality and how everything that happens in the city you know, ends up on somebody's front porch for discussion <laughs> and for observation. You know, I had a great aunt. Um, okay, her name is, we called her Moot. I, don't, I still don't know her real name. Um, and she's been dead for years. But, you know, people used to come to her front porch to, to buy moonshine and tell everybody's business. And mm-hmm. I would sit on her front porch and listen to all of these stories. And I loved it because as long as it was just her, she would never run me away. If somebody, you know, one of my other aunts or my mom or whatever came around, then she'd tell me, you shouldn't be up here. But other than that, you know. So I was always fascinated by the stories. So you had tons of content. Yeah. That was the content. Uh, the, the, the beginning of social media. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Benita Betrayal, remember her? Mm-hmm. You ain't here mm-hmm. for me. Exactly. I'm living color. Um, so, so, oh. I was so, just going to say, so, no, so with, with that being said, I mean, you had obviously a, a teacher or an, an adult can identify that talent in you and and obviously inspired you and and, and motivated you to continue with it at a young age. But for somebody who may not have that opportunity or that encounter, what would your advice be to, to, to folks to help them discover that, that writer in them without it even thinking about being published or writing a book or nothing on a professional level, but just to do it for self. I would say to, to recognize some key things. Like if you, if you're, you know, like me and you're at the barbershop or you're at the beauty salon or you're in the grocery store and you look at somebody and you think, oh, that might be, a, they look like they have a pretty interesting story. Or you hear something on the news and you think, you know what, I really, I, you start to build an opinion and, and a very thought out opinion in your head about it. And you think, you know what, that's something I probably need to, to share. So you end up doing a, you know, a Facebook post that's a book all by itself. Uh-huh. Then that means you may have, um, an infinity for for writing something that's um, investigative or something that uh, speaks to the the cultural um, or political or social dynamic of the day. Mm-hmm. So you have to recognize certain little things about yourself. If you know that there's something in you that you always are led to share or explore through words, then I would say follow, you know, follow where it leads you. Mm-hmm follow where it leads you it could be in book form it could be in play form it could be journaling you know, no. it, it could be journaling <laughs> well i mean it, that's how yeah. i think a lot of people start too just like yeah. they're using their disconnecting with themselves right first. Yeah. right so it could be you know whatever's comfortable for your personality and your temperament but just kind of follow where the words lead you i think that, that's been a big uh part of the, the whole spoken word movement now particularly mm-hmm. with the younger generation whether they tie it to writing rhymes or raps or just poetry, that I think there is an entire movement now to recapture sort of writing in non-traditional, say, grammar or, or right. you know, and and I think that um, 
I think more and more educators should try to embrace that and, and really just motivate kids to just express themselves and don't worry about the, the, the sort of the grammar and the, and the, and the storyline, but right. just get words out on paper. I think I, I mentioned it last week's show, and we, we talked about, um, we had Path on, and we were talking about hip-hop and how to use the culture to empower kids. And I had a teacher that I loved to this day. I still remember him, um, doc, um, not doctor, uh, did they call it professor? I forget. Is this Mr. Mr. Rosner? I'm saying Mr. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because this is high school, not 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 college. I'm mixing mm -hmm. up too. Um, Mr. Rosner, because his class was creative writing, but that's when I knew I, I could write, because that class was where I would actually write poems and short stories, and I, I you know, when you get lost in writing, you don't even realize right. the time has gone by. Right. That's when I knew, and then I loved to share it, and, people, and the reaction I got from the things I shared, I realized, okay, this must be good. People like it. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big part of it, of really understanding not only knowing what to write but finding out if you're good <laughs> so how do you find out if you're good that's that's probably a big question a lot of people want to know people. well you know good is subjective mm, right I of course good that. point it's you know it's subjective because i can write something and hand it to somebody and they'll love it and i can hand the same thing to somebody else and they'll be like oh this is you know it's crap so, so writing yes <laughs> so writing is subjective it really is and so you can't really get hung up on whether or not you're good but what you have to focus on is getting better. Right. Getting better. And you have to, and I'm, I, I tell anybody that wants to write, if you know that you have certain problem areas, um, like spelling mm -hmm. and grammar, there's a world of information on the Internet that can help you get better. Um, I can't tell you the times that I've edited people's stuff, and it takes me ten times longer to edit something simply because you got to fix all of the spelling the things so that right. you right. So get the basics. And then But isn't just, that what an editor does? Like doesn't the editor isn't it part of their job to clean it up? But not to that to clean it, it shouldn't up. be like in French. I mean it should be in English. <laughs> all I'm saying is that I, I I I think I know a few folks that have written some books that I know they can't write, I guess. But they had <laughs> they had great content, but they just didn't they didn't know you know, it's one thing to talk about a story is another thing to write <laughs> it's a another story. thing to write a story right. and, right. and, and, and it was really the editor that helped them take their Clean content and, and in many ways because go through various renditions right so I always thought that the, the job of the editor was that like I will I mean I think I have basic knowledge of grammar and, and, and punctuality and, right. and punctuation and, 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 and vocabulary but every time I would give something to a friend of mine who I thought was smarter, they would come back and change a word or, 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 or even, you know, make certain grammatical corrections that I felt helped read better than the way in which right, I wrote right. it. So my whole thing was right. like, well, then that's what the editor does. Right, right. And editor to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to a certain degree. But you, if you're it's... You're paying for it, you're going you're gonna to learn right. how to clean it up. Exactly. It'll take more time. <laughs> exactly. Some cleaning you should, you should probably really do before you give it to an editor, only because you want the editor to focus on the content and the substance and the development and the transition and the flow. Um, and that doesn't mean that the editor does not fix the, the, the grammatical stuff, because we absolutely do. But it's important as writers that you get that because that's part of the becoming a better writer. And again, that's whether you're, you know, you're writing fiction, you know, or nonfiction. Nonfiction can be anything from blogs to, to newspaper articles, or you're contributing to um, podcasts or anything like that. You want to make sure that you're you're constantly getting better at your craft. It's just like being a vocalist; you've got to consistently strengthen your voice. So you've got to cons consistently strengthen your voice in words. Mm -hmm. You know, so you so good is subjective. Be the best that you can be, and take 
take a professional's critique to heart. Right. And I say a professional's because your girlfriends, your friends they're will always all give you it. different oh, opinions. Oh, it's good, girl. Yeah, they're going to tell you. And it, you. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know. Um, I can give a little tip based on that because I know when I first started writing, I wrote a short story. And everybody was like, well, where's the rest? And I'm like, it's a short story. They're like, no, 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 we need more. What, what happens after? And so that's when I said, okay, I got to keep writing. And then I ended up go, um, submitting my short story to a, um, I think it was like a, a black book fair. They had a, a, a editor's lab mm-hmm. where you can actually sit down with a real, pay like right. 30 bucks, have a real editor um, review your work and give you and critique it. And that's when I was like, whoa, actually this lady, she compared me to like Eric Jerome Dickey and all these like big authors that's out at the time. And I was floored because I was like, wow, I didn't know I, I was good at that. But she told me what my strength was, which was dialogue. Would you believe that? <laughs> really? <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> we could never imagine that, right? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> You're kidding. Really? But I didn't, you know, I didn't know where, what my strength, you know, I, I knew stuff was good, but I didn't really know where. So she was explaining to me what was, what was good and what I needed to work on. You know, she really helped me a lot. So having an expert like that right. was amazing. And then I joined a group. Um, I forget the name of the school, uh, Frederick Douglass School of the Arts. Right. I don't even think it exists anymore, but it was in Manhattan. And that was amazing because I was able to sit down with other writers and an actual teacher who was mm-hmm. an author, and they critiqued your work every week, and you had to submit right. chapters. And to get feedback was, like, phenomenal. Like, they would write, like, a whole page of feedback of what they right. thought, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know. So um, And, you know, and that's important, especially if you do it in a community of writers mm-hmm. because not only, you know, are they going to be able to give you technical input but they'll tell you very honestly if something you wrote is or is not good right you know and another way to really find out if your work is is developing is to read it before or test it out before a book club before it's released Mm. because book clubs they'll break it down yes they will okay that's good to know yes they will yeah so let's talk about fiction versus nonfiction because we are talking like general but i mean and i know um there's people that aren't just necessarily writing a book. They might just want to write articles or whatever. But what what would you say are some of, let's just kind of break it down. So for tips on getting started uh, with improving your skills with fiction, what would be some things you can give them? And let's talk about nonfiction after. I would say read. Read people. <laughs> read people who write the idea. type of fiction that you, you want to write. Read everything. Okay. Um, I read everything. I read everything from from James Patterson to, you know, Walter Mosley. Um, so I read some of everything mm-hmm. um, because I'm always looking for writers who are sharper in areas where I'm weak. Um, so that so that I can get better. I can get better at that. So read everything. Okay. Read everything, and then map out what you're going to write. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, do an outline because I can't write from an outline. I feel like outlines restrict me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're the kind of logical, practical person that has to have things line up that way, then definitely do an outline. But know what you're going to write about and map it out. Right. And when I say map it out, that means know the components of fiction writing, which means you've got to have a character. Right. You know, you've got to have certain types of characters. You've got to have a plot. You've got mm-hmm. to have scenes. You've got to have settings. And you have to know these things well enough to literally make people feel like they stepped into it. Mm. So if you have a character and people tell you, I can't stand 
that character, right. then you know you wrote a right, good character. Right, right, right. You know, and if I people think... get pissed off at you because you had the nerve to write that character, <laughs> then you know you, you wrote a good character. Right. What? Yeah. Why, Herman, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> no, but I actually, that's what really, um, and I'm just going to say, because just for, for those who don't know, Claudette is actually my, my literary coach. I think I mentioned in the beginning. But one of the things that blew me away and made me feel so good is when we started talking, you would talk about the book as if it was real people and you, or you just was watching a movie about it. So it really, you, you made me realize that I, I helped bring them to life. So, because you, you talked about it like it was just like some people you knew down the street or something. Right. <laughs> so if you could connect like that, that's how you know some, we're, on, we're on to something. You know right. what I mean? Um, and, and I mean, for me, even if, if there was a character that I was reading that you had written that I wasn't connecting, then I'd have to try to find a way to make you connect that character right. or ask you if that character was even necessary to the story. Exactly. Because a lot of times as writers, especially with fiction, we try to throw in everything Everybody. in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, we you know we want all of our characters to look like everybody in the family and all of our <laughs> friends, you know, so we create characters to look like everybody in our little group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you've got a bunch of characters and it's like, okay, no. Overwhelming for the yeah. reader, right. I feel like I'm in a kindergarten class and a bunch of kids are screaming, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, so you have to know the components. You have to know when to cut something out. You have to know um, that your writing has to be real. It, it has to be real. So you can't, you know, you can't go put a cyborg in the kitchen to make pecan pie because then it's just like that's too far of a stretch. Right. Well, you know, uh, Stephen King has a book um, called um, Stephen King on writing. Right. And he talks a lot about write about what you know. Like, don't just exactly. write about stuff random that you don't know anything about. You know, try to make sure it's something that you have some background in so that there's passion in it when you write it. You know? Right. So. And, and so that it doesn't become so difficult to write. Yeah. You know, um, and there are some writers who create whole cities and that type of thing, but it makes it very difficult. I did a workshop with Tina McElroy Anza. And in all of her books, she all of her books are set in the city in Georgia, but it is a fictional city. Okay. And so she said, literally in her writing room, she has a huge map on her wall oh, Lord. where she's created the city. And I was she fascinated tracked. by that, but I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I live in Miami. There are 50 million communities in Miami that you can write about that are full of intrigue you know and if whether you're in new york or whether you're in georgia wherever you are there are there are cities and there are places that you can write about it and you know change the names but if you write them um vividly enough and never say the name people will absolutely know where you you know what you're talking about so when i guess are there are there certain fundamental questions that one should ask when thinking about writing as to determine if they want to go fictional or nonfiction, or is it just sort of like whatever moves you? You kind of know you want to write nonfiction if you absolutely have something that you want to, you deliberately want to teach or you deliberately want to share, whether it's, it's spiritual or political or if it's something, or if it's something that you've experienced in your life. And so because you've experienced it, whether it was traumatic or just something you've learned from a health perspective or anything like that. If you know that you want to share it the way that it happened or for its truth, then you want to write nonfiction. Um, now, if you've lived through something traumatic and you want to write it, but you're concerned about um, sharing telling your, your truth, that, yeah, telling all your business, <laughs> sharing all, your all, truth all, like all that, then you business. make, you, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, I love that. Come on, you're not really in the book. 
I didn't say anything about that. So what are you talking about? I, I love that look. Did that. you see that look? Look, he's so not in the book. Then you can write it in <laughs> fiction terms so that you can change the names and switch up the descriptions and that kind of thing. Mm. Okay, I'm getting so much. We're so sure many, nobody at you know so many sure wise tips here that we're that, that we're getting. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of which, are you a little thirsty? I am a little thirsty. I'm actually quite thirsty. Oh, okay. Mm. So we're gonna call Jackson. Uh, Jackson been snoozing. Jackson is our resident butler who serves us up lovely. Finally. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We're very Finally. Lovely. Jackson! Hey, Jackson. Jackson snoozing today. Ooh. Hey, Jackson. Ooh. Hey. Yeah, yeah, what's hey, good? Jackson. Hey. Are you shy? I'm kind of shy. You didn't tell me it was all of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we keep I mean, in the back didn't, You reason. didn't do it justice, you know? <laughs> I tease you with her mind and then I bring out now. Really? <laughs> Appetizer to entrees. That's how we do. Just a side piece. There's nothing but a little drumstick. It's <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful it. little way for the end of the day, you know. <laughs> so, um, what would you, what, what, what would you like? To, what would you like from from Jackson's kitchen? A nice little Long Island iced tea. She said, a, a nice, nice little, little Long Island iced tea. <laughs> right. Must be a long, Damn. a long glass. Uh, I ain't never seen a little Long Island iced tea, but okay. <laughs> uh, I'll get a. Hmm, what do writers? Hmm. I don't drink wine, so. Wine is such a writer's drink, though. I, I was thinking. Why this, is that? Is, is there something about it mellows like, you? Mm, I about the grape I and, drink, and the effect I, of I the brain. I have some almond chocolate milk. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. Did sure. I tell you I'm a vegetarian now? No, it's okay. Um, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> Nobody cares. I'm going to drop my sister here, and I'm going to do a big Long Island iced tea <laughs> just because I need that today right now. Yeah, I'm making you want to drink a I'm day 23 of no meat, no chicken, no fish. I'm not kidding. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Good for you. I'm going to show you the video. More power to you. you. I didn't didn't even know you made that decision. 23 days I didn't mean to, but... Just happened. (laughs) It was supposed to be a detox. Just doing your budget. I was like, all right, let me come back (laughs) on the grocery. So, (laughs) eliminate the meat. Call it a detox. (laughs) Budget constraints. No, it it actually was supposed to be a a five-day... No, it's supposed to be a 30-day... Detox, but it ended up just being vegetarian. Now, now I want to be vegetarian. I don't want. I don't. I don't have any cravings. They're gone. For no meat. No. No. no Boston. I can no, go on Boston Market right now and just no, get sweet no, potato. No. Miss, miss let me order a platter of chicken wings every every Tuesday. I'm dead serious. Like people don't believe me, I, but you've seen it, right? Thank you. So He's no meat. Witness. No meat. No fish. But no chicken. No. No fish. I don't nothing. Nothing. Really. I guess you ain't coming to the barbecue. Then. Okay. I can have salads. What barbecue? Uh, what barbecue? You know, big salads. Salads. <laughs> I bring my own. I bring a smoothie. All right. We digress. Thank you, Jackson. He'll be back. We're going to write a book about that. We're going (laughs) to... We'll have a vegetarian in my next... um, The challenges with giving up meat in your life. I don't Mm -hmm. give up all the meat. Yeah, okay. You see? (laughs) Ba-boom. But I saw you how many days in? She didn't get that one. How many days? She got it. She got it. She just told us to let it fly by. How many days? 23. No, when I saw you the first time, how many days were you in? Uh, I don't know. Maybe 10. She was like crazy hyper. I'm sure. So I the body was in denial. I, but no, because I'm having more energy, and I, I told her I apologize in advance. Yeah, she did. She walked in apologizing. Ha- I was. Mm. I already have a lot of energy, so it's worse. Mm. Okay. So let's get back to the subject matter here. No, we have to go to break. Oh, we're going to break now. <laughs> so on that note, see, you see how we work this here. Um, <laughs> stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with the Own Your Power Lifestyles Radio Show. Um, get a little sip, sip. Uh, you know, get some ice. Take off, take off the. the no, don't take that off. Um, <laughs> wrong show. Like, wrong show. Off? We'll okay. be right back, y'all. Like, okay. <laughs>
This segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaigns. Once again, it's Constant Contact where you can connect, inform, and grow. Power Lifestyle Show. I'm Coach Simone Kelly in the living room with Armand Dubois, and today we're talking about discovering the writer in you. Make some noise again, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Joining us today, um, we we have Claudette Freeman, who is a literary coach um, extraordinaire. She's actually my literary coach, and she's amazing. And we also have Shango, who is a community activist. What are we calling you today? Well, I'm an educator. Community educator. I'm going to call him activist. Who activates the mind. Yeah, he doesn't play. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Shango. Uh, thank you. Yeah. He's been many times in the audience uh, with uh, his wife, uh, Gael Felix, who's been on the show a couple of times. So now you finally get to be behind the mic. All right. All right. So um, first, if we were talking about, you know, as far as like developing your book, whether it's fiction versus nonfiction. So now we want to talk a little bit more about um, improving your skills and mm-hmm. what are some things you can do. So what are some of the, the actual tasks that you give people to do? One of the things I would definitely suggest is uh, subscribing to writers' magazines like Writer's Digest. They have a world of information. But the other thing is write regularly. You know, if, if, if you're a new writer, I always tell my new writers to try to write something every day. I don't care if it's just a paragraph. Uh, oh, yeah. And... If if you you know I I tell people to take something you see daily and just write something about it. So if you're writing, you know, if you're watching the news and you see a story about whatever, write something about it. Put it in, in put it in a sense that you're writing. So if you're writing fiction, turn it into a couple of paragraphs of fiction. If you're writing nonfiction, turn it into your thoughts on it um, or how it affects you. But write something every day. I kind of remember doing some fun exercises like that when we first started. Yeah, like creative writing exercises. But even if you're nonfiction, I mean, it doesn't matter? Even if you're nonfiction, write something every day. The idea is to to work on the the art of writing. The art of writing. And if you're a nonfiction writer and you have an idea of what you're going to write, do your research. Make part of your your daily thing. Mm. Your research is you can't just jump out there and and decide you're going to write a book on, you know, the psychology of romance (laughs) and, and have absolutely... No background, no research, no information. Right. And don't be afraid to, as part of your research, to actually interview people so that your work has a, di- a different component that somebody else's may not have. Right. You know? Okay. So, um, Shango, I know this is a great opportunity for you to, like, get some free coaching. So hey, what would be, what, what, what's one of your main goals with writing? Like, what do you want to do exactly? Well, well, I want to get a message out, actually, and uh, to – for the average American, not only black, but white, or anybody else, that our country's in danger. 
only because our children are in danger. And if we don't get it, uh, the educational uh, system right, I, actually I call it the uh, certification system because it's not really education. It's uh, learning how to take a test and, and uh, focusing on theory as opposed to uh, mm. practicality. So we we have to change that around, and it's going to have to come through uh, the grassroots element. People in, in, in running it now, they have a vested interest to keep it the way it is. And the only way to change that is for uh, regular folks to start becoming aware of uh, of the dysfunctionality of the system, if they don't know already, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen to the children, let's say five, ten years from now, if the present trend continues. You know, and as we get... Uh, weaker as a country because other countries are getting stronger and uh, um, um, technology technology is actually uh, uh, just uh, making a worker if we're focusing on a job a job uh, is becoming less profitable Uh, what are the children going to be doing let me let me jump in here for a minute because you have to when you're writing, and, I, and I'm, I'm following what you're saying because uh, we were talking about it uh, beforehand, but when you're writing something, you, you can't have an audience so broad. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to narrow your audience down. Mm. So what I was, one of the things that I would ask you initially is when you say, you, you know, you want to create a movement, you need to ask yourself, okay, am I writing this book to those I want to call to the movement to, to mobilize them? Mm. Or am I writing this book to the establishment to say change? Because that's two different audiences. Right, right, right. right. Which is going to influence your writing. Right, which is going to influence your writing. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, okay, of those two potential audiences, who is more likely to to buy my book? And then who is more likely to actually, because the type of book that you're, you're talking about writing, the book becomes a peg in a whole system. So and I see that, his that book system, being used in a syllabus of a professor for a, a group of undergrad students mm-hmm. or grad students who are looking to become educators or looking to study theory mm-hmm. of, of, of change in education. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have to, you have to narrow who your, your reading audience is so that you focus your writing mm-hmm. on your reading audience. Exactly, and, and it's not going to be an establishment because they're not going to listen. It has to be, it has to be a grassroots element. It has to be the people. Okay. That's, that's what I'm narrowing it down to them. So who, who, is, who is the people? Who, who is the people? The people are the people, um, like he was saying, you know, perhaps grad school students who no. are looking at education or, or is it Sounds like it might be the folks in the nonprofit element? sector. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. well, I'm looking at regular parents who are concerned about their children, just regular people, and that's where this thing is going. It's got to be with them. Because they're going to have the uh, emotional investment in uh, making sure their children uh, uh, are functional. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we're going. So. so okay, so you're so you're so now you've narrowed your audience. Your audience exactly. is is parents. So you're mm-hmm. but you're looking for very specific parents. Mm-hmm. You're not looking just looking for parents in general. You're looking for frustrated parents. Well, I'm looking for concerned parents. Mm-hmm. No, you're who looking have, for frustrated parents. Right. Because uh-huh. parents yeah. who are concerned may not necessarily take action. Yeah. yeah. Frustrated yeah. parents are the mm-hmm. parents you want because they will take action. They will be the ones that that create. They will be the ones that create the momentum that you're talking about in the book to 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 switch the education system. So, if you're in, if let's say for instance, think about this as a writer. If you're in a PTA meeting 
and you and the PTA has school board members there, and five different parents address the school board, which of those parents is going to be the one that you say, yeah, that's the one that I need to write this book for? That's what I need to interview and talk to and get their feedback about their frustrations and right. incorporate. Mm-hmm. So how, how would you go about what would be your strategy, using this as an example, and how you arrange your thoughts and how you arrange sort of like the format of your ideas. I mean, we, I, I, I've heard, okay, now figure out your audience, narrow it right. down, great. Is that the beginning? Is that in the middle? Do you, you talk about just writing before? Do you write, read, and say, okay, well, I think I'm targeting this group now. You, is it important to know ahead of time? Well, no, with something, especially with nonfiction, non-fiction you want to yeah. know who your, I mean, even with fiction, but specifically with nonfiction, you want to kind of know who your audience is mm-hmm. because knowing who your audience is is going to help you understand how to write to that audience. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, using the example we're talking about here, you're going to write to parents very differently than you would to educators. It's almost you know, like you would write as a parent. You Right. Because you so want you to get them to, to able, connect to what exactly. you're... Exactly. So uh, writing to the parents, you've got to be able to then lay out your book according to their pain points and how your book addresses their pain points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for a book like yours, I would do just that. Okay, the pain point is, you know, Johnny's in fifth grade, and the truth of the matter is he still can't spell on the second grade level because they're only teaching him to take the test. And as long as he scores high enough on the test, which is largely, you which know, as, argument as, is, right. right, certification, not exactly. education. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you, so you're, and you say, okay, so here's your pain point based on what I'm writing about, what I'm proposing, what I'm talking about from the practical, here is my solution. Here's my suggested solution to the pain. And then here's my here's your next pain point. Here's my next solution. And then you know so but you come into the book explaining, okay, here's how I'm going. I'm I'm here to partner with you. I'm here to say mm-hmm. I've seen this. You know I'm I'm involved with someone who's who understands the homeschool um, importance in this. And in homeschool is a big thing. A lot of parents are pulling kids out of school left and right homeschooling, but. You know, you have to make sure you're you're talking to the pain point and offering some of the very practical suggestions that you're that you're saying are missing in the school because mm-hmm. otherwise, then you just present the same thing as as a, as a school board might in a meeting. Okay, we hear you, we understand you, and then you move on, and you don't want to do that. So one of the things I would suggest is definitely pain point solution, and then overall here is here is how we can band together from community to community and really impact not just our immediate areas, but the nation. And then I would say give them some type of call to action, you know, towards the end of your book. Here's how you can get involved. Here's these organizations, these organizations, and that type of thing. And so it's interesting because I, I I'm reading a book now um, written by a, uh, at one point was a principal, and now he's, uh, running a foundation to support uh, the school movement that he started, and um, he talked about you know the importance of mentoring black and brown boys. But he starts off the book. His first chapter is um, he relates to how him and his brother were raised, and all they were raised in the same household, same parents, same rules. They had very different educational experiences because they were just different personality types, right. different right. different types of students, and how the, he was able to see firsthand how differently teachers were with his brother mm-hmm. because of the challenges his brother had versus how teachers were with him. And they were maybe like a year apart, and so there wasn't you know, that much of a discrepancy. And yet 
um, he uses, he refers to throughout the book as he gets into his theory and academic uh, uh, mindset, he keeps referring back to him and his brother as kids, as characters, as, as you know, this, uh, situations in, in, in their livelihood where if the your teachers had written off his brother in terms of you're never going to become nothing and now his brother's very successful, but he talks about the creative teachers who did the above and beyond to exactly. really reach that child and how as, as educators, that is your obligation to, to, to realize that children learn differently. Right. So you have to be diverse enough to teach and, and, and connect exactly. with them differently. And so to, to your point, mm-hmm. um, more so not so much about the content, but about the style, I really felt it was that first chapter that got me into, a, well, what is this guy talking? Because it, it, it started in a way I didn't expect it to start. Mm-hmm. It was very personable. Mm-hmm. He talked about the challenges with his brother and right. how many times he was pulled out of class from another teacher to help him calm his brother down. And you right. know, and now as a principal, he sees so many little boys mm-hmm. that remind right. him of his yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. And it was just made me think about you talking about that point that you've got to know who your audience is and who you're trying to reach and, and connect to them. That right. Way. You do have to be able to connect to them. And I like the point that you made about the fact that it was personable. And for me right. as a reader, that yeah. is when I'm reading nonfiction, that's definitely something, you know, that I'm in. It, the, a book has to be personable. And, and again, it has to be real. And I mentioned I read everything. So I, I even read a lot of spiritual books. And, and I don't like when I pick up a spiritual book and I feel like you're preaching to me. Right. Because then I just go to church, <laughs> you know, but you have to. I know. As opposed to presenting to you, presenting and then the you decide what you want and being to digest. Yeah. Right, and being real enough in the in the understanding of the the overall spiritual arc of what you experienced and how it changed your life, that kind of thing. Right. Well, I have a question. Um, what can you say are the biggest things that kind of stump a lot of people from writing a book? Like, what takes them like ten years to write a book? I mean, I can use my fascination. I can use myself as an example, but it worked. Oh. It worked. Be quiet. Mm. It worked out. People, you. Oh, that's the book. That book from back then. Like it's finally coming out. <laughs> you started that when you were fifteen. <laughs> no, but it's, it's funny. But I mean, I remember my and I remember my book. Um, what do they call it? My writing teacher actually said her book took her six years, and I thought that was ridiculous. I was like six years, and this book that's coming out now, I've actually started it in two thousand and four. Got mm. married, moved to Florida. Mm. My mother passed away. I had a lot Let's of, the lot of stuff. 2004. Shut up. 2015. No, but it, it actually worked. Mm. It worked in my favor. Years. Listen, it worked mm. in my favor. I started it. I stopped. But the beautiful thing is back when I started it, um, I didn't know anything about, I mean, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know that much about intuition. I just was, I was fascinated by it. And um, I wasn't studying and doing all the stuff that I do now. I'm into, um, I do intuition life coaching. But back then I didn't. So I was interviewing people. And I had like a lot of psychic friends and stuff I was interviewing. And then once, 2004, 2005, 6, 7, 2007 is when I started training and I got a little bit better. And then, you know, I was able to, <laughs> I was able to utilize some of my own experiences and a lot of my friends' experiences. So it actually worked out to make my book better. So sometimes delays happen for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. But um, there Residual. are... <laughs> <that's> yeah. a, <laughs> But there's a lot of reasons why people. Eighty <laughs> percent. I don't know. Herman thinks he's getting he's getting a percentage. He helped me with one of the characters. He doesn't want me to brag about which character that is, but. 
especially when I didn't know it's, it's, it's it was going to be in the book until after it was written. You but. knew it was going to be. Are you kidding me? You but sat down for hours and gave I me will advice. tell you this though. That <laughs> character for me in that book is like my favorite character. He's the bomb. Uh, uh-huh. He's the bomb. Right, I'm trying to clean it up. <laughs> no, he is. He's I'm my favorite. She'll tell you. I, yeah. I really. I He's don't funny. know why. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The views yeah. expressed um, in the book don't necessarily represent <laughs> the lifestyle. But it's not you. It's like not you as a person. It's just funny things that you've said in the past. But that's why I said you don't want me to tell you know people. But to answer your question, <laughs> to answer, he's right. Procrastination. Right. Fear. Life. Life, 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 life happens. gets in the way. Life yeah. happens. And then, you know, it's a very intimidating thing when you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a book, you know. When you say, I'm, I'm going to write a book, that's an intimidating thing. So you sit right. down and you look at the page, you know, in your notebook, or you look at the computer screen, and all of a sudden it becomes like the biggest thing in the world, and it just, you know, scares the hell out of you. Right. So you don't write anything, you know. And one of the easiest ways to, to get past that is just write something on the page. It doesn't even have to be about what you're going to write. Just put something on the page. Mm-hmm. And just, I- just put, I'm so sick of staring at this blank page. If I look at this screen any longer, I promise you I'm going to hit somebody. Just, you know, write something and then just very casually while you're just writing foolishness, move into right. writing. Sometimes yeah. it's going to just inspire yeah. you. It's just like a right. warm-up. A warm-up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's the best time uh, to write? You, you have an idea? It, de- it depends on your, your personality. Um, if you're a morning person, then try to write in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you're a morning person, don't try to write at midnight because you're not going to write. You're going to want to go to sleep. Right, exactly. You know, I'm a morning um, person. If you're, if you're a parent, don't write when the kids get home from school. Right. Oh, my gosh. Because you're not going to have time to. So you have to, you have to pick the, time, the, the day of time to write according to your personality and according to your, your lifestyle. And one of the things I always tell my clients, especially if you know that you have a busy lifestyle, like, you know, somebody at the table whose name we won't call will just look in her direction, mm. <laughs> um, is, you know, think about think about your, your writing time, like your time with, with a lover you actually want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make a date with your words and, and seriously make a date. However you plan for a date, set a date with your words and sit down and, and write. And 15 minutes before you get ready to write... You, you turn off your, your phone, you turn off all communications devices, you you put yourself in the in the frame of mind to, to get into your writing and you write. And fifteen minutes after you, fifteen minutes after you stop writing, you take time to review what you wrote. Because I always tell writers don't try to edit yourself while you're writing because then you'll never finish. Right, you'll you'll right. get stuck. You'll get stuck. So fifteen minutes after you're done writing, if you decide you're gonna write from seven to eight, from eight to fifteen you go back and you review what you, you wrote. But just like, you know, when you set that special time with yourself, you have to tell people, okay, you know what? I'm writing my writing time now. It's like Tuesday, Thursday, 7 to 8, so don't bother me. Okay. Yeah, see that? I like that. We have, we have a comment have a from, uh, from uh, Layla Blackwell here on Facebook that uh, sort of captures what you're referring to. Layla Blackwell from the Pleasure Map on, <laughs> on your power radio? <laughs> Help you find your ple- Pleasure Map? Is that? Okay. It's so, um, <laughs> she said his... I have narrow windows of time when I creatively, when I am creatively inspired to write poetry or new perspectives invade my consciousness and won't let me rest until I get them done in writing. If scheduling your writing time regularly, what do you do to discipline the ideas to flow when it's their time? Like my children, they want, they want to be fed on demand. <laughs> so it goes to your point about scheduling time, knowing yourself, scheduling knowing, time, when, knowing yeah. when it's like, it's almost like your peak time of inspiration where right. you can really translate the thoughts to paper. Exactly. And and I tend to flow like she's talking about. There are times when 
when I can be driving or I'll be in the store. I promise you at any People given watching, time. I love to yeah, start writing. At any given time, I've got three or four notepads on me. Right. Um, and so there, you have to be able to, to let the thought flow quickly, but you also have to be able to say, okay, you know what, at least I got enough of it down right. so that I can go back to it. But you have to, there are times where you just have to capture the thought in the moment because otherwise you'll lose it. Mm-hmm. And I find when you, especially when you write fiction, uh, everything becomes a possible character. Everyone you meet, because even like one of my girlfriends I was, I was hanging out with in Atlanta, she's like hilarious and she's really like Southern Belle. And she had the most hilarious sayings I've never heard in my life. So I was like, say that again. So I literally started walking around with a pad. You know, in the South, they got pad. classic sayings. Yeah, she was like, that joke. From the, from the North, you never She was it. saying some funny sayings. I was like, oh, man, I got to write this down. So I, I was like, you're going in the next book. You're, I have to have a character that's like you because you're just hilarious. So I just think as a writer, people watching is so important. You know, just looking at how people talk, how they move, just being. Um, how people watch all the time. Well, write it down now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We know. <laughs> write down that phone number, and then, and then we can have an interview you know, and talk you know, about you as a you character in my, and, and my book. Yeah, that's how that's you, that's, my that's new pickup pick line. I'm, 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 I'm starting I'm a, new writing book. a book. <laughs> I would love to interview you, be a character, character in my development. Next book. You know, yeah. We can we we gonna start off with it being fiction, but oh, I'm just God. saying mm-hmm. that would be your line. Go ahead, um, yeah, Shango, yeah. Shango's uh, trying to jump in here. Yeah, I'm trying to jump in. Uh, Claude, <laughs> what, what's your perfect uh, spot to write? Uh, I know you do it near water. Near the water? Near water. Awesome. Water, you know. water inspires creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you can, you hear the waves and uh, they, have, they have a rhythm all itself, you know. Yeah. And, and, water is, I mean, we're all, we're all born through water, so it's, okay. it's kind of like you just get back to your place of creativity. Mm-hmm. So, Herman, what, what's your book going to be about? You know, <laughs> actually, I, I know I, you I, got books I, in I, you. Hey, 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 <laughs> easy. <laughs> Um, I actually, uh, years ago, when I lived in Atlanta, um, had a group of friends that we uh, got together and, and attempted to write a book. And it was, we wanted to kind of like create something around like the Chronicles of Men um, because we felt like there was so much negativity around men not being good fathers, not being good husbands, not being good sons, not being good men. And we were just like, wait a minute, you know, like if we don't speak on behalf of the men who are, you know, doing good things and demystifying the stereotype, then it, when, then we're just enabling the problem to exist. And mm-hmm. we, uh, we we started forming a little group and, and really talked about guys just writing their own stories, whether it was a relationship with their dad or the relationship with a, a, a male friend and, you know, whether it was just talking about relationships around amongst black men. And, and it was interesting because we, we didn't complete it, but we, we, <laughs> we, 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 in your life we committed then. to meeting once a week. And getting together, you know, on a given night, hypothetically, maybe Monday night wasn't good because it kind of coincided with Monday night football, and so we would. <laughs> but the idea was that. But the all. idea was that if the game started at nine, we would get together at seven and okay. spend two hours talking about, you know, sort of what we wanted to write about, and then so that would be like about a half hour to forty five minutes, and then an hour to say quiet time, and everybody go into their little corner and write. And then the game would start, wings would show up, and that was, you know. <laughs> but, but, but the idea was to, was, was to help guys who maybe either struggled with writing or struggled with their ideas. Because the idea was that you wrote on your own time, and then you kind of came back and shared. Right. And, we did, and we did that for, for, several, for several months. Um, 
one of my friends in that group actually published his own book, his own book, um, just because he took what he did and expounded upon it because, you know, the the group didn't follow through. Um, But it was it was a great, great, great experience. And and he said some of the same thing. He wasn't a professional writer, but he said he had gotten some coaching. And one of the things he kept telling the group, because guys would be like, I don't know what to write about. He's like, just write. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just write and we'll come back to it. And so I definitely wish we would have had Claudette uh, in the living room then. Right. I think there's definitely a market for that kind of book now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Claudette, we actually have to wrap up now. Um, we're out of time, but I do want you to give some basic resources. Obviously, you're one of the resources, but just give us some resources of... Uh, she is the resource. Yeah, right? <laughs> of how people can get started. What are some tips? Any books you want to recommend? Um, and how to contact you for, for services. Okay. Yeah, and how much is how much you oh. how much oh. call? He's going right to the call? money. Oh, well, she is in the barter network. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's in the barter Join network. Join on your power. Yeah. You know, give and take network. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the books I definitely recommend is The Elements of Style. Oldest, you know, so many revised editions now, but The Elements of Style by um, William Strunk Jr. and E.B. White. Um, several people have, have recommended the Stephen King book on uh, on writing, book. A Memoir of the Craft by Stephen King. Subscribe to magazines like Writer's Digest, Publishers Weekly. Um, there's a book called Writing Down the Bones, Freeing the Writer Within by Natalie Goldberg. Excellent book. Um, and then attend Writers and Readers Conferences. There is a conference coming up in November um, Atlanta, the Atlanta Writers Conference, November 6th and 7th in Atlanta. It's a wonderful conference because you get the opportunity to meet with editors and agents and pitch your book and get critique and all that kind but of thing. But this is assuming once you have something already. This is not for someone who's just kind of starting right. out. Yeah. If you don't already have something written, I would say use the information you got tonight to start somewhere. If all you do is put a, a mock title on a page and, again, just start free-flowing writing, just say, you know what, I'm committing tonight that I'm going to be a writer and what I'm writing on this page at this particular point is the start of my writing journey. And just continue writing whatever thoughts come to mind until it all flows out. And then you'll have broken that barrier that says I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you'll have broken that, that barrier. And then if you're writing, if you're writing something nonfiction, commit to doing the research, um, do the research and read books by people who are writing things similar to what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, that's very important. And the reading is very key because that's the hard part. A lot of people don't have time to read or they say they don't have time to read. But that's one of the things I learned from Stephen King. He's like, always have a book on you. You can be online at the bank. You can be, you know, just take sips of, you know, a chapter or a page or whatever. There's always opportunities to read. And now people, I mean, he considered audio books reading. I I don't, but, you know, some people consider that. Yeah, I think as a writer, you need to see the words and you know that's my opinion but you know yeah, uh, Claudia I don't write I don't type so uh, what what uh, methods oh. should I use you can use there are programs like um like Dragon Naturally Speaking mm-hmm. and other programs like that say that again what's it called Dragon Naturally Speaking that right. yeah you type you you speak into it and it types what you're typing you you'll end up having to have a typist or a transcriptionist go behind you to fix because sometimes it, it sounds yeah. like Talking to, to Siri, clean it up. yeah. Right. But even if you don't type, I'm sure once you can see what those are, you you, you can do some of your own edits because you, you, exactly. now you're just because you know. and you know what it's saying, right. Um, right? And you can always you know write it longhand, but then you'd have to pay someone a to typist, type yeah, a typist, mm-hmm. not a ghostwriter that can understand your handwriting, right? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> that's right. the other challenge. Exactly. Yeah, I love to write, write. I like to write it instead of write, write. You know, write it in a notebook and Tell then type it. Up. Right. <laughs> Shut up. All right. So uh, 
We are actually time to wrap up, and we had an amazing time. We're so grateful to have you on the show. What's your website, Claudette? My website is eclaudetteliterary.com. Okay. All right. So, and people can get coaching programs with you. They can get coaching programs. The coaching information is there. Editing is there. There's actually samples of my writing there. Um, she will change your life is all I got to say y'all better call her first lessons how to write a check Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that'll work. Yeah, yeah. How to write a check. Just make sure you <laughs> know that they yeah. yeah, the packages do have a cost. So, uh, absolutely. Know. They're not for free, yeah. Absolutely. So. All right, well. Uh, My son would appreciate it if you paid me. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't already a, a, an official power player, um, just like us on Facebook, you can learn more about upcoming shows. And we're going to do a part two to this show talking about publishing, how to get your book published, mm-hmm. um, whether it's self-published or published in mainstream publishing. Um, so go to facebook.com forward slash own your power radio for more info on our coaching programs uh please just go to the website onyourpowerlifestyle.com and find out plenty more and don't forget to tune into our network 24 7 we have shows on everything from business to relationships so, <laughs> special thanks to the own your power team who made this show possible give man y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out mike. to big mike easy in the house yeah all right keep it locked on on your power radio really? for more informative and exciting shows and oh i forgot to mention <laughs> I'll mention it next time. Uh, well, stay tuned for Like a Fly on the Wall by Simone Kelly. Yeah. Coming October 21st. Mm-hmm. Get ready, everyone. And remember, folks, <laughs> everything in life is... What? what, what? what? How, you don't know, how you don't know the, 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 the closing? Because <laughs> that's not my part. You, anything you want is attainable. <laughs> so own your power. <laughs> Change up the whole How many closing. years have you been working with me? <laughs> Contract, I tell you. Forget you. Forget okay. it, guys. I'm Treat me like you